Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. Today we have something about games and pop culture both for you in one episode. So for the games section we are going to be talking about Far Cry 5, there's been some new leaks, Destiny 2, Nintendo's upcoming game Arms and some delays around Red Dead Redemption 2 apart from Overwatch's anniversary themed event. And as for the pop culture section we are going to be talking about this show called Twin Peaks which some of you may have heard of if you were around 27 years ago or if you have an interest in old TV shows. So as usual let's begin this podcast by introducing the people who are on it. Uh, games editor Rishi Alwani is here. Greetings. And friend of the podcast Mikhail Madnani is here. Am I still here though? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Friend like more like more like you know valuable ally and stuff but okay we'll go with friend. Yeah but now. I'll go with troll of the podcast. Oh yeah definitely that's actually a better term. Speaking yeah. of trolls actually it that's our first topic of conversation Ubisoft with Far Cry 5. Yeah. Uh so they released what four teasers for the game all of them which basically implied a murder in one way or another the first teaser had a seren- had a very uh, scenic view of a river and a body floating downstream the second one had uh, a guy running uh, uh, running from someone with a gun before he got shot the third had a church and uh, the church bell was being banged with the guy's head and the fourth one basically was in the wilderness and you just heard the sh- sh- uh, you heard someone screaming before silence So yeah uh they released four teasers yesterday and the game as the rumors had suggested takes place in Montana uh it's not going to have a wild west setting sadly i mean we'll have to wait for red dead redemption 2 for that but more than that uh ubisoft also said that there's going to be a proper reveal of the game on on may 26th but just before that an anonymous poster on reddit uh who claims to have taken part in consumer focus groups for the game uh has suggested that the wild west theme was just a you know or is something they also assumed was was what it would be during the consumer focus groups but actually takes part in, it takes place in the modern times one of the themes of the game is religion and religion in a big way uh the whole idea is with uh, is that you're up against a kind of religious cult which uh, which has a very small america mindset and uh, it takes its beats from scientology and one of the one of the uh, villains uh, right hand men or sidekicks is inspired by tom cruise what was really amusing was uh, was the description that you have this uh, sidekick villain who's who who used to be a celebrity and actually made his money in pornography and then decided to become uh, a cult uh one of the members of of this cult uh, one of the scenes which is also talked about is that the game will have a section where you see the villain where you see the big bad villain in a church giving a sermon while holding a bible and a rifle uh with a shirt off or some stuff like that which sounds like yeah par for the course for most things far cry considering how weird far cry 4 and far cry 3 got uh what was also really amusing was it even talked about some of the other peripheral characters the support characters if you will who probably give you quests through the game so there's probably going to be a female mechanic who may or may not be a love interest and there is a jaded old hippie too which is yeah i mean again par for the course because when it comes to dealing with taboo subjects such as uh drugs and you know religion and well uh r rated scenes Uh, Far Cry li- doesn't exactly toe the line so again this this seems like it's quite likely more so uh when you consider that this is that, that this leaker showed up just 4 days before its actual announcement which is really amusing because at the same time uh I remember Destiny 2 
a few hours before the official announcement, a throwaway Reddit account showed up and leaked the entire And it was called Destiny Leaker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the first thing which was mentioned in that was uh, that Destiny 2 would be available on Battle.net exclusively on PC. Which made everyone question it because uh, we'll get to that in a yeah. bit though. But what's interesting here with Far Cry is it seems to have a lot of the same themes and elements we'd expect from the franchise. But at the same time, given if, if we look at Ubisoft's uh, quarterly earnings report, they said that all games will have a live service. So what this means is not you won't be able to play the, in, the game and all its modes offline. There will be some c- component of it that requires you to be online. And it may require you to, to, to pay in terms of microtransactions or a season pass. We don't know these details yet. And to me, it will be very interesting to see how they pull this off. Because um, the Far Cry franchise has been known for its generous amount of missions and content will ubisoft take the uh, take the approach of you know uh sealing you off from content until you pay a certain amount or until you're online that remains to be seen but le- rest assured there will be an online component to it what this means is if you're the sort who lives in countries like india where you where the internet connectivity isn't the greatest uh, keep that in mind if you plan to get your full money's worth from the game no price has been announced yet but safe to say there should be 3499 on consoles and pc uh, one interesting thing is when they released Far Cry Primal, while uh, I think Rishi and I both really liked it, uh, the map was basically the same as Far Cry 4, except in a different setting. So it's going to be hilarious if that actually turns out to be the case even here when uh, Far Cry 5 releases later in the year. Uh, later in the year or possibly first half of next year is what we're hearing. It's in that time frame. Okay. But we'll know more on the reveal on 26th. Also, point of, one point to note for those of you who are obsessive over frame rate and performance, uh, there is a marketing deal with Sony for this game, which could imply Boost that, mode. Uh, boost, not boost mode, more like enhanced for PS4 Pro. Yeah. I mean, it is because at the end of all these teasers, it had like PS4 Pro branding and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But according to some people, this means uh, Sony is paying off for less performance on Xbox One. So which is <laughs> which is which is quite funny if you think about it, because the same w- was being said of Microsoft and Assassin's Creed Unity yeah. came out. I mean, there was a PS4 no parity hashtag because people thought uh, both consoles, obviously the PS4 being slightly stronger than the Xbox One, should get 1080 versus, and they actually did that in the end. I think. Yeah, they put that in a patch, and even. Division- no, wait, that happened in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. The patch for yeah, 1080. the patch, the patch okay. happened in Black Flag, but. With even with Division, people are crying about that. But at the end of the day, Division was better on the PS4, even yeah. though so, uh, Microsoft had the marketing deal. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So I think we should now talk about the other big leak of the week. So Mike, you want to talk about Destiny leaker? Uh, yeah, so uh, Destiny was going to be revealed on, uh, I forget the exact day. Last week, Thursday. Last, so, and uh, a few hours before the event, uh, a Reddit post showed up called from a user called Destiny Leaker, which was just made at that time. And uh, said user posted step by step what was going to happen and what was going to reveal and what is going to be revealed in the event, including like small, uh, small details like uh, raids being limited to a certain number of players and how many planets were going to be there and stuff like that. So, but the first thing he said was Destiny 2 on PC would be available exclusively through Battle.net. Now, Which while is, there were while there were rumors about this initially, uh, we didn't have any confirmation about this. In fact, many key selling sites like CD Keys were selling Steam keys for it on the assumption that it would be on Steam. But uh, when he said Battle.net, it made at least me question it because Blizzard stopped calling it Battle.net. They call it the Blizzard launcher now. Yeah. But uh, it actually turned out to be Battle.net and they even said Bnet 
during the live stream yeah so, so what actually happened was uh, on the live stream mike morey who's a, who's a, who's the founder of blizzard from china uh, from china i had a pre-recorded message and yeah. he said battle.net so that's what threw us off but at the same time prior to this uh, a lot of the cd key distributors who we had spoken to uh, had confirmed that the game was going to be on steam which is why we actually led with a story that it was coming on steam at that time they were even taking pre-orders based on the fact that it was coming on steam and their sources were, were activision so that's how that that chain of thought came in but i mean i can think of but there are several reasons why uh they went with battle.net instead of steam uh, actually if you if you if you if you follow adam buis who used to be a sony's playstation third party head uh, as he tweeted it it's like there are 30 reasons for battle.net for for destiny to use battle.net 30 being the revenue amount that usually would go to valve the percentage of revenue that would go to valve i mean yeah you'd want to keep that money within the system especially for pc i mean if ubisoft and any ea can do that why not why not activision and bungie there's nothing wrong with it uh at the same time though we had people up in arms about it which uh, you know because because for some reason despite pc being an open platform everyone wants everything on steam and fine it might make things more convenient but from a from a, from from a market standpoint from a business standpoint it just becomes suicidal you're basically creating a monopoly i mean it's the same reason why even though i hate stuff like bethesda launcher and you play they're kind of critical because you don't want steam to have a monopoly especially with some of steam's practices right now for example if you if you live in india you can't play any of the battle um, any of the dragon dragon ball games anymore because they removed the gifting option where someone from another country can gift you stuff so it's becoming a lot more uh, autocratic and in and fact they've screwed over their own creators like the people who made stuff for dota 2 and all are now getting earning much less than they would earlier yeah but that but is no like pc is king for valve yeah but that aside uh, it, it and it takes away from the re- some of the really cool things that uh, bungie is doing with destiny 2 uh they showed off a really nice looking campaign it starts off the entire theme of the game is reclaiming what's lost because uh you, it starts off with this really massive attack on the tower which is known as the last city of earth in the game oh i thought it was because of like destiny mindshare being completely gone after the first one and they need to reclaim it back i don't know they made 1.5 billion in revenue so but that's stopped right it. they need to like yeah which is why you get destiny yeah. too yeah. so uh it, so so it's it, it had it had a very good start in terms of gameplay it looked really cool uh graphically it looked pretty good shockingly pretty good really nice use of weather effects really nice art style um, the lighting was really really oh yeah, good the lighting was trailer. really good as well well what is interesting is the fact that you start off from a different area known as the european dead zone i won't be surprised if there's like radiation and probably ele- and probably elements or co- easter eggs related stock or shadow of chernobyl that would be so cool uh and th- what was really nice though was aside from a very slick looking uh opening mission was the fact that Val, uh, was the fact that bungie wanted wanted to be want the game to be more accessible to everyone so one of the highlight features of destiny was something called raids where um you and th- you and i think three four other people would take on a colossal boss in this colossal level which had an, an, a lot of enemies and it felt really epic so uh, according to bungie not more than like 50% of people who finished destiny's campaign uh didn't play a raid which is tragic right it's the highlight feature if you think about it you have a team slaving over making these cool things that no one's actually playing was this the thing which was playstation exclusive no uh, so, uh they weren't playstation exclusives more than some of them came to playstation first as a time oh, exclusive i mean yeah yeah they were time some of some were time exclusive okay fine so uh 
so, so they're working on ways to make raids more accessible, which I think is really nice. They're, they're allowing people a trial period to, to check out different clans before settling on one, which is also really cool. Uh, at the same time, they're also making uh, deathmatch and, and team deathmatch a lot more easier to get into. So I, I think it's, it's a step in the right direction, especially as someone who's been playing uh, Destiny since the very first alpha at E3 2014. For me, it's looking, as a long timer, it seems like something I would jump into. But what was also amusing was at the end of the entire event, uh, I think IGN had an interview with uh, the with the Destiny lead uh, designer and project lead, and they said that the game uh, is going to be 30 FPS on on the PS4 Pro, uh, stating that the CPU isn't powerful enough to do uh, 60 FPS, but the GPU is powerful enough for them to do 4K. So 4K 30 FPS on PS4 Pro. Uh, they wouldn't commit to anything on what to expect on Xbox Scorpio because Microsoft hasn't announced any more details on the Scorpio and won't announce them till E3. Or if things go like they usually do, it'll be leaked prior to E3. But uh, that's what they're saying right now. And uh, they obviously ruled out Switch, which is, I mean, expected. They wouldn't do it on the Switch anyway. But what was amusing was the, the, the reason for ruling it out on the Switch had nothing to do with the console being underpowered, but had more to do with the fact that it's a portable console and you're not always online. Uh, I don't think Bungie understands that the Switch has docked mode. And if someone from Bungie is listening to, to this, yeah, I mean, dude, dock mode's there. Wi-Fi is there. People can use it. Like, there's nothing wrong I'm with sure it. I'm sure it could run at 720. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Like, I think they should, whatever, they should consider doing that. Considering there's no cross-play exactly. or cross-save or anything. And In fact, the PC version isn't even releasing on the same day as the console version. I mean, and chances are it'll probably sell better on the Switch than it would on, on Battle.net, but that's just me. I, I think <laughs> Switch more than Xbox One, maybe if we wait a few years, but Battle.net, no chance. Like, just think about the cross-promotion they can do right from the client. Like, people who log in to play WoW will see a small Destiny icon on their launcher right now. Play Diablo 3 and get wings from Destiny. In fact, you can buy Destiny 2 with gold from World of Warcraft also. They confirmed that. <laughs> what? Yeah, so people who have those tokens on EU servers and all can sell it and buy Destiny what? 2. Yes, they confirmed this. Uh, yeah, excuse me, guys. I, I think I have, like, somewhere to go right now. But... So, so yeah. yeah, it's going to be a big deal when it actually launches over there because you already have that audience that's willing to pay i mean the only game which is free is uh heroes of the storm hearthstone uh, oh yeah good hearthstone but like this is a paying audience yeah that, that's compared true. to I mean, like steam which like whatever everyone wants to play dota 2 i'm sure they earn more per user from hearthstone than they do from dota 2 and what's really amusing is was the entire reception the fact that it's uh that's not coming to steam because if it was coming to steam the argument would have shifted it wouldn't be that oh why you bring it to Battle.net and not to Steam? It'll be like, oh, it's on Steam, right? I'll wait for the yearly sale. Or like, uh, why is there no regional pricing when oh, Activision never does that? Yeah, so, you know, people are always going to find excuses not to play it, but I think it'll do just fine. But yeah, like when I, the, when I saw some people say that, oh, it's on Battle.net, like people who play Overwatch say, oh, as long, if it's not on Steam, I'm not going to bother. Like, why would you want to play this stuff on Steam, Battle.net, except for the friends list, which is region locked, everything else is better. Yeah, like, but... I don't know, but like, you good, know, let them suffer. Like, meanwhile, we'll be playing it day one on PS4. So. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm, prob I'm probably just going to be playing it on PS4 because my, you know, progress carries over. So there, that's that's where that's at. But uh, yeah, so that's Destiny 2. Hopefully, we'll see more at E3 where they're probably going to announce dates for the for the beta for those who pre-ordered. Yeah, this will uh, probably happen at the Sony conference. Yep, given how so, things are. Yeah. So, yeah. so alrighty then, time to talk about Nintendo. Um, 
as is always the case something important was announced right after we put out the last episode so last wednesday there was that nintendo direct in what, which what bringing scale bound to switch never happened he said good news not bad news <laughs> okay so bayonetta 3 again good news like we're talking a good game okay vanquish 2 man <laughs> that's not even a game <gasps> Well, it's a it's, it's like a, a fighting it's a game tech demo probably <laughs> leave never to return you have been banished from so yeah, the podcast yeah fighting game injustice 2 coming to switch oh you mean arms <laughs> injustice 2 will actually make it to switch when they do the ultimate edition yeah. which is when it will hit pc also i can guarantee that yeah that, um, but i don't know how they're going to manage it considering how obsessive they are over the gear system and they want people to have parity online why you keep a gear system but but yeah by the time whatever. the by the time injustice 2 gets an ultimate edition uh everything will be unlocked everyone's gear all the shaders everything will be it already uh, has one doesn't it that 100 dollar thing is called the ultimate edition right oh yeah sorry i mean the complete edition i'd ah, say because yeah. uh, when injustice 1 got its complete edition it was called injustice gods among us ultimate edition mm. which made it to vita ps4 not xbox 1 and it made it to pc also and wii u so mm. so yeah. so you're trying to tell me oh yeah but no there is a complete edition of injustice 2 it's called marvel versus capcom infinite <laughs> All right. I mean, like, we don't even need <laughs> to discuss it. garbage Capcom fighting games on this. Like, it'll so, be, it'll be better. You so yeah, back it. to before, arms. Yeah, the trolling takes over. Yeah. Um, so arms Nintendo is the game. had this uh, long direct where they showed off a lot of details about arms, including the control styles, what content will be available at launch, and they ended the direct with a new Splatoon 2 single-player trailer, which uh, made me want Splatoon 2 more than arms again. <laughs> But uh, what did you think of the direct? So the direct was actually I mean I thought the 22 minutes is way too long for like a video about a game for me to watch but it was actually quite uh, crisp had so many details that I did not know uh, I mean we did not know much about arms anyway but it had so many details that kept it very interesting so first of all the way they structured it that was very nicely done you start about start by talking about the game all the combos that you can do how the arms uh, work exactly and then eventually they introduce those three new characters right of yeah. which Twintel is my favorite obviously yeah celebrity uh, random celebrity who comes in and looks like of, uh, it looks like uh, someone from street fighter and bayonetta had a baby or something yeah and, and the, then they made it safe for work sort of <laughs> because nintendo <laughs> and that's twintel so. yeah and the funniest thing was that this character does not really has have those springy arms she, no, she fights with her hair. hair yeah yeah <laughs> ridiculous but anyway. did you notice she actually has a She's wearing those high heel shoes, but they are like sneakers also. <laughs> It's like I don't know what they were thinking, but yeah, and, yeah and somehow it works. And they dropped also... off at events with, in a limousine and also, yeah, yeah really strange. But anyway, um, that character was was the most important one. So getting back to the uh, game itself. um has a lot of elements that we've already seen in games like Mario Kart that lottery system to get new arms and uh, like you can use your in-game coins or whatever yeah. to unlock them and also like uh, you can equip a different type of arm on each side yeah. each character has three different i think three different types of arms and uh, then they are distributed by weight and stuff like the heavier ones will take longer to move but they'll do more damage and they showed off a lot of interesting gameplay like uh, I think that uh, one of them can shoot a laser and then you can basically make your enemy move one side and then slowly hit them on the other side. Yeah and another one can like basically generate a shield and then yeah. has another attack which goes on top of the shield and attacks the enemy. So that one was also quite interesting. Actually the combos in this game will be will be like the decider in every fight I guess. And they'll also yeah. need to keep up on balancing this because yeah. I'm sure people are going to find something broken. I mean that's going to happen as soon as uh, Yeah, I mean nothing is a part of every fighting game these days I yeah. guess. Eventually they realize that people find out some bug 
and then you know they need to nerf a character but they two. did say that uh, all uh, they, didn't they say all content will be free or something yeah, or yeah they did that's that's quite similar to the same model they had for splatoon which yeah. i think is a good thing it only yeah. it, it, it justifies your faith in the, in paying the 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 day one price for a game as long as you're c- c- given continued support yeah and also nintendo doesn't really do price drops does it so no. if you're paying once if you're paying that whatever 60 dollar 4000 rupee amount then you might as well get all other content for free right and they promised uh, wait let me just check, look it up quickly they promised new fighters new stages and new arms as free updates but then what w- w- the only thing which is an unknown at this point in time which i think should get clarified by e3 is uh how much nintendo is going to charge for their online service and, and whether we're going to be able to use that in india yeah that too because while mario kart works fine it's still free so they probably have it open everywhere the moment the paid service launches is going to be us only first so i i don't i think by the time they actually finish their rollout where they decide which regions are going to be paying for this they might just disable online for those others like i mean they might not do this because there will be noise online but this is nintendo they're capable of doing yeah that. so but they made it region free now so i guess there's always yeah, but hope it's region free but the parental controls app still isn't available in india yeah. on ios or android and yeah. remember how long we had to wait for mitomo and at the same time we're still waiting for fire emblem exactly, heroes exactly exactly yeah. so and it, also these things don't even work on rooted devices so a lot of android users who <laughs> are rooted and would sideload they can't even use this stuff so yeah, yeah. So, fun times ahead but then the only thing question i do have is if arms characters make it to mario kart would there be an arms race mm-hmm. come on man someone had to say that uh, but yeah like uh, i am looking forward away. to checking out the arms global test punch as they call it which yep. is the clo- <laughs> open beta the splatoon 2 one was called global test fire so this is going to be on the weekend 26 27 28 may and the weekend after that yep where there'll be time slots again as usual because Nintendo knows people will wait. Yeah, so something we haven't really spoken about is that this game supports motion controls on the Joy-Con. So It supports a lot of control schemes. It supports motion controls on the Joy-Cons. It supports uh, just using the analog sticks. It also supports the Pro Controller. So, yeah, there's a Yeah, it will be interesting to see which is the most effective way of controlling your fighters. Uh the motion controls would be like fun. Everyone I I've spoken to have said the motion controls are like very accurate. They work great and they want to play it like that so yeah. so you can use your arms to play arms yeah mm. you're welcome yeah okay so before we like uh, take rishi away entirely for his horrible puns uh, we should talk about another game that's uh, delayed uh, wild west red dead redemption 2 not oh, happening anytime soon is it in other news water is wet and the sky is blue <laughs> and arsenal keeps losing at football so yeah uh yeah long story short uh to, to the surprise of no one and their grandmother and their grandmother's cats another rockstar game has been delayed mm. uh rockstar claims the reason for the for the delay is that they want to ensure that it has the right amount of polish necessary for a release uh they're saying it's now spring 2018 well they're saying spring 2018 i won't be surprised if it ends up fall uh, probably and, yeah, fall september 2018. october uh but that's what we're looking at and honestly i'm um, no surprises there they did show off some screenshots from the game which look heavily detailed but to be honest at this point in time they're probably just a piece offering you know because uh, when you announce uh w- when you announce a delay it impacts two things it impacts your share price which is what happened uh, 2k shares dropped i think around by 9 10 around 9% or so and at the same time you have a community of very irate people who for some reason still believe that rockstar can ship a game on time they're going to delay it again for sure yeah definitely but i'm not sure like is this such a bad thing i mean do you want something like um, say a game by another company which on day 1 can be finished in like 11 minutes on a speed run because it's so glitchy 
I don't think it has to do with that. It has to do with the fact that when when people anticipate something, they want it out as soon as possible because they're building the hype. Yeah. Which is why, in a way, what 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 Bethesda did with Fallout Four was a very good thing. You announce mm. it and release it in that six month time frame. Mm. Yeah, but that's because like you get to reuse all your assets and stuff. So. Now, now, don't bring, <laughs> don't bring personal biases into this. I liked Fallout Four. No one's 4. biased over here. Oh sure, <laughs> said the guy who made a to- Todd Howard sticker pack on on Telegram. But okay, but uh, I don't know anything about these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, jokes aside, uh, I mean, it's it's a thing, right? Because when you announce something which is uh, considering a sequel to one of the best open world games of last gen, people, there is there is that anticipation built in. There are and plus, it's, it's Rockstar's first game since GTA 5, which is basically uh, like one of the best selling games ever. It's not even like this gen or last gen or anything. It's one of the best selling games ever. I mean, long story short, it's like tomorrow Valve's, Valve comes out and says, hey man, we have Half-Life 3 and it's ready and it's going to ship in six months. And then later they just delay it. Obviously, there'll be a lot of pissed off people. And you can't blame them because the anticipation is set in. And it's also a reason why a lot of publishers have decided to, to, to narrow down the period between an announcement and an actual launch. If you compare Watch Dogs... Watch Dogs' initial reveal back in 2013 and its actual launch, it was a year and a half. Mm. If you compare Final Fantasy 15, which had a 10-year dev cycle, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's better yeah. announce and get out of the gate. <laughs> Bethesda's <laughs> become really good at doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, we expect more of it to, with E3. Yeah, there's a lot more expect, at least with them in E3, yeah. We, I mean, I won't Even EA is su- doing this, like NFS, yeah. they haven't, like, they just announced a few things and they'll do a reveal at EA Play probably and it'll release this financial year, that's it. And more more than that, what they're also going to do is they're going to they're gonna still market it and support it with post-launch uh, DLC, with post-launch content. So at least there's a plan in place. Uh, and, you know, th- that's with companies, if you ask me, who are a lot more thirsty, who really want to make sure that uh, people end up buying their product because they're aware it's a crowded market. The problem is also because Rockstar is Rockstar and people buy Rockstar's games anyway. This is the same thing. Rockstar, Sony, Square Enix, they do this all the time and people buy their games. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's it's just a different mentality and a different approach. And frankly... I don't think it's uh, it's a va- it's valid anymore. Uh, the audiences are getting wiser. We saw what happened with Duke Nukem Forever. We saw what happened with Prey. In fact, the original Prey was in de- development for close to 10 years. So there you go, right? I mean, at the end of the day, audiences are going to be a lot more wary. So anyway, I think uh, we should talk about Mike's favorite topic, which is Overwatch. We should. What's happening with Overwatch? There's an anniversary know. event this oh, week. Is it? From May 23 to June 12. Uh, you so, basically get what? New skins, new emotes. New skins, new emotes. Probably a new... Uh, in Birthday the, cake. <laughs> hopefully. Treat. Probably in the new... <laughs> in the new uh, arcade mode, there'll be some new uh, themed... Uh, anniversary themed uh, map or event or something. Which will get people who probably maybe stop playing to start playing again. To start earning more in-game items and cosmetics and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's going to go on for two weeks. Uh Competitive season four is going to end in the middle of this. So if anyone still has their placement games left, just like just finish them, lose them, whatever. You get free sprays out of it. Uh, yeah, and they've just revealed, I think, five skins. And they haven't mentioned much uh, much more about what's happening. Uh, there will obviously be anniversary-themed loot boxes, which you can buy, which I'll probably buy as well. Uh, and yeah, that's basically what the event is going to be for two weeks. And... Uh, they posted a lot of videos and they obviously it's a very big deal for Blizzard to celebrate one year where they've 
got one of the biggest ip already so what's also interesting is they did mention that there'll be also new standard items for certain characters like orisha and sumetra i think in terms they, uh, jeff kaplan mentioned in terms of uh, certain emotes that are going to be coming in uh there're also going to be some uh, the the arena mode is going to get three maps dorado ishenwald and uh, another and i and i think uh, oasis i think i'm not too sure but point is three maps are going to get updated for arena mode like mike said but what's uh, also uh, also amusing is that if you haven't jumped into overwatch uh, there's going to be a free weekend from the 26th to the 29th same of- same time as arms yeah same time as arms and also there's a uh, overwatch game of the year edition which is digital on all three platforms which is exactly the same as the origins edition which was 60 dollars uh, but it has 10 loot boxes yeah. as well so that's a thing um and that aside i mean yeah it, it seems to be an interesting experiment from blizzard because uh usually gaming communities tend to get very toxic very fast but that hasn't been the case with overwatch i mean a lot of people have been super helpful uh, there's a lot of chatter especially even on the indian overwatch groups on facebook there there are a lot of cool people who who keep you know talking up the community who keep helping others out who keep th- who keep sharing tricks on how to get better at the game which is really nice to see it rarely happens and um, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see what blizzard does next because uh, they do have more heroes slated they've already jeff kaplan said that they have a couple of heroes which are already knee deep in development so those should show up this year they have maps which are nearly done testing for both standard and uh, competitive play yeah uh, lots of stuff planned so but yeah like i i i really want to see how they handle the anniversary event because uh, i don't know the last uprising thing i got bored of that single player horde mode pretty soon i kind of liked it how many I, times did you play it like i think 5 6 times yeah so 20 times so bosh so yeah basically uh, they need to have a pve mode which actually adapts and changes i think the the last one was pretty boring maybe a pve mode with different maps in rotation would be good so oh you yeah. know what would be really cool is that if they release the anniversary event with one specific update which has just this that's this single line in the patch notes that reads we're bringing back all the bugs from overwatch 1.0 Okay. Everyone plays Bastion dude. <laughs> game of the year. Anyway, so before we close this podcast, we should be talking about the games we've been playing this week. Uh Mike, you want to go first? <laughs> oh, okay. So basically, uh been putting most of my time into uh two games. One is Utaware Rumono Mask of Deception <laughs> What? on uh, yeah, on PlayStation <laughs> 4 and on Vita for review. Uh it's basically a visual novel. which has very little tactical srpg battles it's probably like 90% reading text and making a few decisions and uh, some battles which basically are to progress the story you play as this amnesiac dude as usual in most japanese games who's uh, rescued from death by uh, this Reaper. girl by who what reaper overwatch <laughs> who and it starts off real it's basically like watching one of those slice of life animes where everyone's like just living their life character development and all slowly some things get revealed there's an overarching plot narrative whatever war is happening and stuff like that and this is the first part of two uh two games together so uh, i expect it to end on a cliffhanger when it does but been really enjoying it it looks really good it's very different from other visual novels like steins gate and like root letter and stuff just in the setting so been playing mostly that uh also been playing uh, getting back to zelda uh, not going on the critical path anymore because like i think i can if i want i can finish it in 10 hours uh been looking at areas i haven't discovered anything in exploring over there since i've unlocked some more abilities and 
yeah basically got back to also putting some time on 3ds because uh i just updated it i'd forgotten to update it so i booted up some old games and yeah still good fun playing on that so yeah, yeah. we should just rename this segment mike's weird games or something like that we um, should do a whole podcast about that yeah we should definitely <laughs> the weirdest games mike has played and the podcast is like 7 hours long <laughs> and unending um anyway so i've been playing this game called steinsgate which uh, mike just mentioned Oh uh, son you don't know what you're in for. Yeah so be prepared. I'm still in chapter 1 but I've made quite a lot of progress the I mean the visual novel is absolutely huge uh, and I do get that mad scientist reference which you made in the previous podcast uh, so yeah a really crazy thing that happened to me is that they somehow seem to invent the most useless gadgets in the world uh, like he, this guy there's a mad scientist in there who has uh, a stupid lab which is called the innovation gadget lab or something like that and they in- invent this gadget called phone wave which is like you make a phone call and the microwave starts like basically heating up an object um yeah, you trigger uh, your, the microwave with that yeah. and to cause changes to the object inside yeah. so have you reached the part where they do stuff to bananas yeah i've crossed that so uh, <laughs> instead of like regular bananas it's like gel bananas yeah, that come the green color yeah and <laughs> and the funniest thing is that that uh, mayuri character she keeps giving like weird names to things so she calls it gel bananas and yeah i was like okay that was that was odd but so, when when daru talks to her it's the best yeah <laughs> yeah i know so let's not go there uh, <laughs> um so yeah that i've been enjoying that a lot so made a lot of progress in in that one as well hopefully i'll clear chapter 1 sometime today and uh, other than that i finally got the time to play this game called mass effect andromeda so over the weekend um so the thing is that when you're reviewing a game right you you don't necessarily uh, play it the way you would play it normally uh, you don't necessarily do the things that you do you want to get as far as possible uh, in in the little time you have to push out a review so uh, my style of play is 100% everything so now finally like 100% all the planets so in this game basically every planet you go to you have to make it 100% viable for human life and to settle it so i've done that for What? all five planets Damn. and um, that's you basically do that by activating all the monoliths and like the terraforming yeah. thing yeah. and uh, then you complete some missions in which you defeat architects so yeah, yeah defeated architects at two or three planets and ultimately uh, i think every single one is now at 100% so now i'm finally like back to chasing the main quest i've completed like i think um, maybe we have like i think seven or eight allies in yeah. in the game so yeah. i think i've completed loyalty missions for about six of them wow uh, so yeah finally back to the main quest in which i am now I am hunting the Archon so that's yeah uh, that's the well, big bad villain on the game yeah so that hunting the Archon quest is done so now I'm moving along with that finally I can focus on that so something that I did not really mention in the review was that uh, initially if you ch- if you chase only the main quest and all the uh, some of the side stories you know that's all great the writing is still pretty good in this game however the problem is that a lot of tasks um, get stupidly repetitive and the side quest that you have like for no reason they'll just really like send you across to like seven or eight systems to scan some uh, mm. trace of some person's satellite or something and there was this one side mission where i literally spent 45 minutes to basically convince a person that look uh, you are incurable right now but i can put you in stasis and i can um cure you in the future when the cure is discovered and don't worry your partner also will be woken up at the same time as you yeah. so you know that that was a very annoying quest so some of these side quests are quite annoying actually in this game but still the main story and most of the loyalty missions have a very good story so very enjoyable that way rishi oh so i've been playing uh, the first destiny because i want to like max out my character i think about level 41 i think it 
caps out at level 42 not too sure but yeah i just been playing that grinding away finishing as much as possible during so right until destiny 2 is out there's a, there's something called the age of triumph that's going on right now so i'm trying to complete as many many quests as possible there do as many things as possible uh so yeah i've been doing that i've been playing a lot of fifa 17 uh as well just to get the feel of it because you know pes got announced but still want to check out how bad fifa is in comparison <laughs> so i've basically been playing those two and caligula effect which is this crazy japanese rpg from uh, the lead right from the guy who wrote the first three persona games and uh, the story is pretty decent music's pretty good even though like the story is kind of reminiscent of this japanese anime called angel beats so kind of little predictable but still fun and it's just overwrought with too many systems and that makes it a bit of a chore to play but yeah i've been playing that on vita because you know the vita has no games um so yeah that's what that's all i've been playing yeah i had to play mass effect andromeda because you took away the my copy of persona 5 rishi give I'm it back soon yeah <laughs> all right so that's all we have for this segment of transition and we'll be back after a short break to talk about twin peaks stay tuned and we are back after that short break to talk about a tv show which is probably one of the greatest wrongs of american tv that has been righted that's twin peaks season 3 so the reason i mentioned this as one of the greatest wrongs of american tv is that twin peaks season 1 is probably one of my favorite tv shows of all time uh, it's directed by this guy called david lynch who's known for making a lot of serial films and even some tv so twin peaks season 1 was very very good eight episodes and after that uh, this aired in 1990 the next year twin Twin Peaks aired I think 22 episodes in season 2. So there was a bit of pressure from the company that was producing it, um the TV channel that was airing it. So because of that a lot of episodes were not exactly what David Lynch wanted to make and in a lot of cases basically the show uh, the uh, the TV network was pushing the director to do things which he did not want to do like reveal the identity of the murderer. So as you may have guessed it's a guest it's a murder mystery show. in which a lot of surreal things happen so this makes kind of very weird combination and to talk about this we have a pop culture nerd that's akhil arora hey everyone and as usual i'm your host pranay parav so the important thing here is that twin peaks is back right i mean that's that's probably the best news that we've heard in a really long time yeah it's been which is why it's being billed as the biggest tv event of the year because it, it's been so long since that people never thought it would actually reappear and has lived in people's mind as almost and obviously anything that sort of as a memory grows over the years you just grow fo- fonder of it over the years yeah this so it, makes the heart grow yeah, fonder which is why like this is carrying a lot of hype and showtime has sort of ridden that wave to sort of towards the premiere date which just happened yesterday yeah so the uh, one of the reasons why this show was so well loved was because of the lead character uh, his Kyle McLachlan yeah. yeah I don't know how to pronounce his surname uh, so he's uh, FBI agent Dale Cooper in the show is a very eclectic character I think he's called FBI special agent every time he yeah. calls himself special he, agent yeah. Dale Cooper damn fine cup of coffee <laughs> with cherry pie <laughs> yeah with cherry pie so he he yeah, just like spawned the fandom right like every time you, you talk to anyone who's a Twin Peaks fan that's like the first two things they'll mention yeah. which is a cup of coffee and a cherry pie yeah so David Lynch's love for coffee uh, coffee is definitely showing in in this uh show throughout and even in this episode i i, I think there was a reference uh, in the third season also there was a bit of a reference to those uh, really nice coffees and pies yeah. in the middle so yeah that's yeah, which, um, i was a bit surprised that we weren't taken to the double r like cafe the first thing <laughs> like that's what like sort of embody the show right yeah. like K- cooper sitting there having his like cup of coffee was like the thing that 
and like having conversation like having these random conversations which like went nowhere and didn't really move the plot forward but like sort of gave the show a soul of sorts was what, what I felt like and I'm hoping we like return to the double R as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I do too. Although so, I have seen like spotted like the double R logo. Um, so like in the scene which when they talk about Hawk talks to his to uh, Lucy and the other guy I forgot his name. Uh, when they talk in the police station, the sheriff's department, there's a box nearby which says RR to go, hmm. so which is basically like I'm guessing over the years even double R has sort of. adopted the future and like moved <laughs> towards a takeaway sort of scene yeah so that's i mean yeah before we venture into spoiler territory uh, yeah interesting thing it's hard eh? to like go to spoilers to with this show though right i mean cuz yeah. nothing really you can't really spoil the plot for anyone cuz there is no plot but yeah spoiler warning anyway yeah anyway yeah so before we like really go into the in depth spoiler areas <laughs> of of this podcast uh, i think it's it, very nice to see that all the characters from the first two seasons i mean most of them at least uh, yeah. have made like a reappearance same actors as well so i was quite surprised to see lucy being the same actor that she was and she even like the way they've done her makeup and all she looks like a really young person even now i know like which is surprising i was like when i the first time i saw her i was like okay is this archival footage or yeah. is this the real lucy cuz like Her face has not changed. Yeah, not at all. And even her hair, the way they've done yeah, it. Yeah, it's like twenty-five yeah. years, and this yeah. somehow like still like you look the same, which is insane. Yeah, so that shows the attention to detail that David Lynch has with this series, at least, and in general as well. If you follow his work, if you yeah. look at movies such as Blue Velvet, you will notice the same attention to detail uh, from from his end. So I noticed that um, Lucy was very very young in uh, the original Twin mm. Peaks. She would be, I guess, what eighteen or nineteen uh, years really old. I really bother. I'm guessing so. Yeah, yeah. she would she would be very young at that time, and clear. like at uh, 25 years later she is the youngest of the cast that um, that they've called hmm. back including um, special agent tail cooper <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was very nice to see and uh, second thing i really liked was the i mean this time david lynch appears to have even more control than he had the yeah, last time yeah he's directing all the 18 episodes yeah so twin peaks season 1 was very good because of this because he pretty much had like a free license to do whatever he wants hmm. to and he managed to create a show where there was a murder mystery and there were some surreal elements so he hit that very nice balance over right. there and season 2 was when he really wanted to take the show to the next level but due to network pressure he was not allowed to do it at, at his own pace and yeah i think times, he wasn't around the kind of creative flow he would have wanted yeah like he would probably wanted another like sort of you know two three seasons to like sort of you know get the story out in a, in a fashion that he wanted but because of as you just said studio pressure he had to like produce a num you know that's what the thing was like the old broadcast method which is like the 1990s and even like even now in most cases is that you have to produce like episodes to fill out at least half the year which is about 22 season which is like you know every week you sort of fill out at least 6 months but but today's sort of climate where we have you know prestige tv from like game of thrones to uh westworld to everything allows that sort of freedom to you know make as much tv as you want which is what he can do now yeah exactly so the last time he did try to make uh, make the show that he wanted to but then he was forced to reveal the identity of the murderer way too soon hmm. and after that i mean basically um we were discussing this before the podcast right you your problem with the show was that uh, he just went totally on his serial trip because yeah. you know so pa- partly the reason for that is that he was forced to reveal the identity of the murderer too soon so he would have ideally liked to have the slow methodical way of you know uh, showing one or two bits about the murderer and then what's happening on the serial Front. Yeah, which was so was so yeah. fascinating about the first season, right? Because yeah. like everyone looked like the murderer. Because the yeah. way he depicted them, the way people talked, 
and the way cryptically people reveal things about themselves like everyone had a mystery side to themselves exactly i mean like, let's I, not forget characters like dr jacobi who was totally yeah. obsessed with laura palmer the girl who was murdered and for the longest time we thought that he was the murderer because of all the actions and all the things right. that were happening around him but then later it turns out that he is not the murderer and the way they revealed that was quite interesting and they they did it in a really nice way but uh, in season 2 they could not maintain that flow at all right. and they had to reveal the identity of the murderer and once they did that uh, all there was left was all the serial trip and all all that side of the show which probably got a bit too much for a lot of people uh, but i think that was i don't i don't mind it at all because frankly i really like um, serial works of art and david lynch is one of the few people who's like a relic from the ancient past who still uh, believes in that art form yeah and he's also one of those who has the ability to carry that right yep. like if any other creator had sort of director had resumed twin peaks right now season 3 and if someone else other than david lynch has given us those first two episodes which ran for 1 or 15 minutes which is basically a movie length and most people might have rejected it we're like okay what is this vision what are you showing me for 150 because it doesn't give you anything in terms of plot or cohesion or narrative you do not get anything for 1 or 15 minutes which is insane like most people are not okay with that you was you get you can get action packed movies in that much time which will te- like tell you to the nose what is happening but yeah. here it's 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 not really entertainment it's more of an experience right he is inviting you into his world and then slowly describing what he has in store for you. Yeah, so that's a very good point. That's exactly the kind of work I like. So I'll tell you about my favorite uh, shows in TV. Uh, so there's one show called The Wire. You may have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard of it. Oh, let me remember. I yeah. have. Okay, yes, go on. Yeah, so The Wire is also one with like very slow build up. It's not like today's uh, fast-paced TV yeah. shows. I can't really find a parallel uh, to that kind of pr- uh, production values and the speed at which um, they move the show. and uh, like everything in that show is pretty much extremely deliberately done uh, mm. nothing is like just um, happening to fill in a slot or they, no, they don't yeah. speed up the show at any point except maybe season 5 which wasn't that great to be honest um, but yeah first four seasons were pretty good then you look at a show like babylon 5 once again like had extreme budget restrictions mm. but the way they wrote it and the way they like um, developed the world over the first 3 or 4 seasons was very slow very methodical very deliberate and it was very nicely tying in with the larger plot as well and right. that's that's the kind of show which there's like a monster a day and you basically yeah. uh, fight them off and oh, there's an overarching plot so they do that well as well now you look at a show like twin peaks um the moment the se- third season starts the first scene itself is like this slow pan of like uh, you know they, them showing a house and people yeah. like uh, gathering some chopped wood putting it in a car literally nothing is happening yeah, except yeah it made no sense like even it. the camera angles i f- i felt were deliberate in a, in a yeah. way you know to like sort of replicate the fact that you know it's actually they're pushing you to the point of boredom i feel like in the in the sense and i mean the closest thing i could sort of compare lynch's work to in the sense that season 3 and season i mean not season 1 more like season 3 the first two episodes and the third half i've seen is that of tarkovsky he like he's almost like inviting you into the world and he's like okay i'm not going to progress at any pace you feel like i'm not going to give you you know plot points or like things every f- few minutes but you're going to be here you're going to stay in this world and you i'm going to force you to think about it which is what he does right because like when a scene goes on for that long when we were just basically watching people and the scene reappears in the third episode that woodchop woodcutter returns and he's basically for 5 minutes he's sitting on a stool and he pushes like two levers to move the uh, diggers around and he pr- spray paints them for 5 minutes that's all that happens hmm. so at a point because it's so monotonous and repetitive after a point it sort of forces you to think of what the entertainment means for you hmm. so you you have you have attached your life to it 
and try to find you know sort of parallel to it which is what happens with tarkovsky's films for me as well like because a scene goes on for so long after a point you just like you are going beyond the movie itself or the entertainment playing on screen and sort of thinking the meaning of it sort of beyond it yeah so it's definitely not for people who want like instant casual entertainment no if you're yeah. if your favorite director is michael bay and you love love transformers then i'm sure you will not be able to stand this yeah so tarkovsky is still like a very um, art style director to compare right. lynch with um, let's look at somebody more modern like uh, what's that guy's name i forgot his name the guy who made legion um, so uh, noah holly yeah. yeah so noah holly he made legion which is also which goes into something similar here like right. he goes into serial territory but in his shows at least everything keeps happening constantly so and you don't really have and there's an art style to, to it think. right because like yeah. noah holly is a person who who cares about the visual marvel of yeah. it and if you see both his work it's fargo the tv series and legion you every frame stands out you can just press sc- screenshot everywhere and put it as a wallpaper but lynch doesn't really care about that he cares more about what the characters are feeling or the going through cuz like so many so much of the first two episodes that we saw of the first season is basically characters doing nothing they sit here they move their head slowly to the left till 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 look at one character and then till 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 back that's it this this there's no word spoken there's barely any spatial expression but that's supposed to be the beauty of it yeah i mean i do understand that you know it's not for everybody but i didn't mind it at all honestly right. because it's uh, uh, if you think about the number of people who even like bother with this kind of a thing these days it's actually very little and in in general like whatever i've been seeing like i've been complaining about cur- the state of current tv shows and movies for a very long time i've done it even on this podcast in the uh, previous pop culture episode we recorded and this is exactly what i'm missing because this is the kind of like uh, deliberate slow methodical uh, art that you don't get anymore yeah, on tv yeah it's not safe to be yeah. it's not supposed to be for everyone like that's what's our, i mean for a sad part uh, most of our entertainment today has become that because most studios i mean who wouldn't want to appeal to most people as possible to earn as much as possible but that's why what most broadcast tv or what most blockbuster movies tend to be because they tend to have every everything for everyone and they make make the most generic thing possible but lynch is not going to do that he we can clearly tell from his pacing and the way he's approaching the show that we're not going to get you know which is why when, when i spoke about getting the double rr he's not going to give me that he's going to move at his the way creative vision he has in mind cuz that's what i mean the show time present i mean we before the episodes aired no one was shown anything hmm. so the when the episode was shown to viewers on screen that was the first time everyone saw anything so none of the critics had access prior access to it because they want everyone to sort of have this experience together hmm. and the only thing we've been told from the showtime president is that this is like uh, cooper's odyssey back to twin peaks hmm. so we're not going to get that traditional sort of twin peaks da- flavor what we got so like which is what when the f- idea first came up i think 2011 or some around uh, of you know a revival series for that and with the first idea was to continue the story where the season 2 left off and lynch flat out rejected it he's like i don't want a third season of literal twin peaks If I, if you want me to do something I want, then I'll do that. But I won't continue the story of where it was going. Yeah. So there are two interesting points here. The first is, I mean, David Lynch himself. So David Lynch is, uh, well, has been having a bit of trouble getting any kind of budget for yeah. the projects he wants to do because, like I said, he is to a lot of producers and uh, networks. He's out there. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a relic. He, he is not somebody that you know is who respects modern style, who cares about. He's the not going to compromise on his vision just for like. Yeah. Not at all. And if you look at like a, I mean, uh, a lot of people say that his greatest work is Mulholland Drive, the movie uh, which was released in two thousand one, I think. Um, 
um i don't agree i still think that there are other things which he has done which are better but still a lot of people think malholland drive is lynch's greatest work so what was malholland drive it was initially meant to be a tv show Uh, he made a pilot episode did not get the budget for it and mm. turned it into a movie so clearly even in 2001 uh, people did not really have um, i mean at least the producers and um, networks did not have the patience or maybe the appreciation for art style like lynch's and uh, even now we are seeing that with this one is that he is doing basically whatever the hell he wants to yeah. and 18 episodes he's got and he'll make the show he wants to make now he doesn't care whether people like it or not Now he's going to make what the show he wanted to make right at the beginning um i mean he's not going to go back to the same plot obviously but if he had been given free reign and 22 episodes back then in 1991 when eventually because of all the studio pressure uh, ratings were declining and yeah because that's, what, that's all that mattered that at, at that point right the broadcast yeah. tv or like tv in general 1990 wasn't they didn't have shows like what we have today yeah. in in a way though like, you sort of have to like lynch has to respect and like sort of you know rely on what everyone else has done around him cuz like his the third season of twin peaks is in part possible because we have such great tv around us to support it so even though he wants this creative vision i feel like you still have to appreciate the blockbuster tv we've gotten you know like sort of game of thrones i mean started as my sort of as a low thing but now it is blockbuster tv it is as generic as is possible even if it's serving a sort of vision that you probably wouldn't have seen 10 years ago so those sort of shows had made made this kind of po- thing possible because showtime can rely on other shows to perform more they can have such a show to produce which will only serve a specific need yeah as was the case with the wire as well i mean if yeah. not for sopranos we wouldn't have the wire right so we always need to respect like the works that get these things i mean make these things possible but it's just a sad thing that you know in 1991 when uh, twin peaks could have really been something great i mean season 1 was so season 2 could have been yeah. something great but it wasn't allowed to be so the second thing you mentioned was the double r diner you said that you know if it was another director who was directing it the first thing you would have seen is like appealing to your nostalgia factor I know. they would have Picking shown all, all the, the pills yeah, yeah all the traditional twin peaks shots uh, or that that uh, hotel with log lady sitting right next to it i'm sure i've got a bu- would have got a biker or something yeah. as well yeah uh, biker james who's like roaming around here there and of course uh, let's not forget the double r diner itself yeah. we would have had a shot there with people having some with, like waitresses in the same like aprons we saw yeah. and all that and uh, that damn fine coffee that they're <laughs> serving all the time so um if you think about a movie like star wars came back after a really long time right and was supposed to be um, the force awakens was supposed to be what a sequel to the original 3 right it was yeah. after the 6th episode it's, and not not a sequel directly in the sense but yeah it's it's a jumping off point in the future yeah yeah exactly so i mean i was watching that movie and i felt that you know they could have done something great here but what they could not get beyond is the fact that they need to appeal to the old crowd and they need to put in a lot of things for nostalgia sake right So the Star Wars again is not like a vision of one person, right? The yeah. person, which is what happened. Like thing is, in a sense, I mean that's happened before. The thing is, he's he's doing it for TV here, and so the original vision in Star Wars is George Lucas, and the, when the guy did get a chance to do his vision again, and it, it was like all the prequel to the prequel trilogy, and that didn't really work out, right? Because that was the those are the movies in a sense, even even though they're panned so much, those movies. show us the creative vision of what he t- wanted to do something different hmm. like the new trilogy is not going to touch upon many of new beats sure they might have you know more ca- characters beyond the traditional male characters but they're not g- they don't seem to be yet doing something which is the way lucas handled the prequel trilogy but he got panned for it so the, which is why he got kicked out and he like finally had to sell up so i mean in the beginning if you remember the press around force awakens 
Lucas came out and he was like, I don't like this movie. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure he got a message from Disney PR saying, you can't do- go about saying this. And Lucas mm. is like, no, no, no. Okay, I support this work. <laughs> so like, this is what happens. Like, yeah. Because he's finally handed off access to his work, he can he lo- no longer has a say in where, where it goes. Yeah. But Lynch never sold, it, sold off his work. He's still doing it. The thing is, Another thing with, I mean, we've seen, we have evidence of it that Twin Peaks went bad. I mean, first time it went bad of Studio Pressure, but I have a feeling it was slightly because of Lynch himself as well. Mm. And that could still happen, right? Because he's demanded 18 episodes, he was initially given nine, and we've only seen two or like three. So there's every chance possible that, which is what we were talking about a couple of weeks earlier, right? This, the, the errors of re- reviewing a show when you've only seen so little, like, we have no idea where Lynch is going to take us for the 15 episodes next. He's already shot all of them. So what we're destined to get is not going to get changed by critic pressure or fan pressure in any sense. We're going to get what he has made. So it could be good, it could be bad. Yeah, true that. But I can see some elements of his best work already. Um, I do know that, I mean, season one is uh, what you prefer in season two, not so much. But for me, the uh, surreal part in season two, I mean, that really appealed to me. Especially the part where uh, that man with the owl just comes in randomly yeah. and uh, like takes you on this total trip where there's that black lodge and that white lodge where which is uh, what we're seeing more of in the yeah, third random season things happen so that that is the kind of story that i would also like a lynch to pursue and it seems that he is uh, doing it already i mean in um, let's go into spoiler territory now properly um, we saw that scene with i don't know the name of the guy and that tracy woman uh, sitting in that yeah. room staring at that box so th- i think the guy wasn't given a game you can only the only yeah. way to find out his name is to look at the end credits so yeah, yeah anyway so even in the end credits i don't know if you noticed there was one character i forgot the name of the actor there was an actor and next to the actor's name there were like a bunch of question marks so <laughs> it showed that the, the character had no name so uh, that was also quite hilarious anyway so uh, they were sitting in that room and suddenly you know um, that agent cooper appears in that weird box like thing which looks like an ancient camera yeah but so when agent cooper yeah. appears they're actually not they're actually yeah. outside yeah yeah so the the moment that they go outside like yeah. agent cooper appears here and there's that surreal thing happening where it looks like a lift and god knows what yeah and so, then there's like the box becomes smaller and the box contracts like I mean, yeah. yeah, you have no idea what Lynch is. I mean, go on. Yeah, so no idea, like exactly no idea what is happening. And that's kind of what keeps me in the show where I really want to know what is going to happen, what exactly has been happening. And it's revealed over a period of time. Like that's that's what happened even in season yeah. two. Like, oh, slowly they reveal one details, hmm. two details. And then you think about it. Oh, yes, I saw this on in the second episode <laughs> and all that. So partly it doesn't really, I mean, the way uh, Showtime is releasing these episodes, it's not really doing the show justice because I think you should just, with this kind of a show, instead of, like um, making a staggered release you should actually just give it out like all 18 episodes in one go so that people can watch it and judge it for their yeah also because showtime is belonging to the old era right because the new era is netflix amazon hulu but although hulu still follows a tv model which is very weird because it's a internet yeah it's an internet thing right but uh the thing is there are merits and demerits here right because the thing with releasing at, at the same time is that the conversation becomes staggered so like the internet sort of doesn't know where people are. So either everything is spoiler or nothing is spoiler, depending on how much you've seen, right? Because, I mean, I'm going to give you, say, an example of Kimmy Schmidt came out the third season on Netflix on Friday, like four days ago. But the fact is, because nobody really knows how much people have seen, you can't really talk about it in the same manner. But it's something like Game of Thrones, which is destined to come out week after week. You know everyone's caught up. You know, like, maximum you have to wait is a day or two People are not going to visit. Because the thing is, if you wait beyond that, everything is going to get spoiled for you. So people watch it maximum in a two-day span. And then everyone's free to talk about it because everyone's on the same ground. 
with something like say if you release say house of cards is going to come out next next week and once the 13 episodes come out you have no idea how much to wait before you can discuss it freely cuz i mean if are people going to read it are people like when cuz thing is people might watch it day 1 people might watch it day 11 people might watch it day 100 and sort of it destroy that kind of conversation but yeah the merit is it allows people to sort of binge through it and have the same experience which i understand with the lynchian thing you would want that because you get to stay in that sort of zone right yeah you get to watch it at your own pace first and secondly uh, he does this a lot of times like he will show something in episode 18 right. which is a reference to episode 7 so you really need to be like uh, i mean see this is the problem with a non linear narrative structure right yeah. even in the first two episodes still we saw it like that tracy um, woman and that guy they were they're just sitting on that sofa uh, so nothing really happens initially and then you know after that that weird uh, heart smoky black thing, monster yeah that that thing just comes in and just you know murders them yeah. but then you after a while you realize that you know when they went out when they were looking for the guard and all at that time yeah. dale cooper was in the room so you know that that's basically non linear structure so imagine something like this um, we saw episode 1 and 2 together right because that they released uh, they wanted in, it to be like an yeah, yeah so they released it in one two hour format right so if these were separate episodes released one week after so then you could still men- like remember it okay this happened in the last episode yeah. but imagine if you know they released this in episode 1 and then the second incident which is before that actually happens in episode 7 then who's going to remember it with the way they are releasing it but that's also sort of ties into what like I mean, creators like Lynch want, right? I mean, because thing is, as you mentioned before, like you don't like the generic TV because that's safe. It's like sort of, you know, it it panders to everyone. But this like a show like Twin Peaks demands intelligent viewing. It, I mean, it's, I mean, because I have so I have, I'm three episodes in and they've thrown at least six random numbers at me, and I'm not gonna follow them. I, I nobody remembers the random numbers from the first two seasons because they were 25 years ago, and the show is still doing that. Like I, I'm. There was numbers something with two nine five thing something four three zero. I'm not even sure I'm giving you the num- there, numbers yeah. right. They could yeah. be totally wrong. And I've seen two more numbers since then. I'm just like, okay, what are you doing here? Because but thing is, I feel like show like Twin Peaks it gives something for all kinds of intelligent viewers. Like you could be if you are, you could might have uh, if you invest ten percent of it, you will get something out of it. If you invest hundred percent out of it, you will get more out of it. Which is what's I guess the creator wants in some way. Yeah. So I mean, coming back to the like way the the show is being aired, uh, what exactly are they doing? They release the two episodes as one. So I'm Fair not even enough. sure. I think so. What they're doing is the first two episodes came out on Showtime, the channel huh. in the US, and immediately when it finished, so they finished around whatever midnight or something. They released two more episodes online. Yeah. But I think it's not a release strategy. Continuous. It's more of to get people on Showtime sub streaming service, which is paid for separately from ch- channel. Mm. So it's more of a promotion strategy to get people on there. Just like you know, HBO wants people to get on HBO now because they, you know, obviously the revenue is more than get people getting HBO on their cable package, which is, I mean, yeah, it's it's a marketing strategy. But I don't think it's they're gonna do it for every other week because they'll be very viewed. Because the thing is, they're gonna show. I'm not sure if they're gonna show three next weekend on the TV because that would make sense for people who don't have online, or they're gonna show episode five. Yeah, I think I have to like. I'm not even sure they've talked about this right now, because that'll be very weird if they show three on on next week and then four after that, and people who have the streaming service basically have to wait two more weeks to watch five or three more weeks. Like I don't, I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah, here. it's a complete marketing mess to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it is, or it probably it is an in- intentional. intentional mess so that people get on the streaming service which will give you faster and easier access before you get on tv 
so yeah we will see how this goes hopefully we'll be here uh, in a future on a future yeah. episode discussing all, the end of the show slowly staring and zooming in at electrical sockets and like car things <laughs> and like <laughs> slow shots of trees and everything yeah yeah well it's art so i think we should appreciate it <laughs> all right then so that's about all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always please do rate us on itunes and send us your questions comments and feedback at podcast@gadgets360.com and you can also follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at gadgets360 and the music for this episode comes from magnus solai paulson his album ppp ppp is where the tracks are from